First of all, I just want to say this topic of surrender is so near and dear to my heart. And um, something that's been really up for me this year, like every tarot card I draw is about surrender. So um, I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you today. Awesome. And um, my first question is, what does the word surrender mean to you? I think in our culture, there's so many misconceptions about surrender. And um, there's this idea that if you surrender, it's weak. If you surrender, it's passive. You're going to be passive. If you surrender, it means giving up. If you surrender, you'll be taken advantage of. You'll be left behind. You won't manifest your goals, your dreams, your desires. You won't get it. You're going to be homeless and just, you know, have to move to the India somewhere. And, you know, so there's this idea of surrender that's not necessarily, I think, positive. And so I'm reframing it where it's like, if you surrender, what if you actually got more, like so much more, more than you could imagine, more love, more joy, more abundance, like more than you could actually conceive with your conscious logic or your mind. And so I think to surrender means letting go, right? Letting go of what's not aligned. Surrender means... Uh, letting go of trying to control every little thing in your life, most of mm-hmm. which we're not really in control of. And I think control is actually an illusion. And if last mm. year has shown us anything, uh, right. we're not really as in control as we thought we were. And it's just kind of reflecting mm-hmm. to us the reality. Um, surrender, I think, yeah. means also when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to fit into our small, limited concept of what we think mm. it should be. It's when we let go of the idea of who we think we should be, the life that we think we should be living so that we Mm -hmm. can actually just open to the authentic expression of life that is seeking to happen now. Um, Surrender is not laziness. You know, surrender is not simply passivity. Surrender to me is uh, the courage to be who you really are and not compromise your truth and to stand Mm -hmm. for what you know is right. To surrender is to love fully and and give everything Mm. you've got to love, Mm. even despite all the risks. To surrender is, you may not always win the game, win life, win in life, but it's to still play with with your whole heart. To surrender for me Mm. is responsibility and commitment to Mm. a purpose that is bigger than yourself, your true soul Mm. purpose, your true soul Mm. calling. And so I think surrender... To me, is the key to the great ones. You know, I look at the great ones, whether it's Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, um, <clears throat> Mandela, MLK. the list, MLK, the list goes on. Uh, at some point, they all had to surrender themselves to life. They all had to surrender themselves to the deeper impulse of their soul. They all had to surrender themselves to something bigger than themselves, to life itself. And that's when... They Mm -hmm. transcended themselves and tapped into, let's say, an infinite potential of life itself. And life began to 
move through them and live through them. They tapped into a power beyond their own personal power and they tapped into true greatness, you know? And so surrender for me means going beyond, mm-hmm. the, let's say the old paradigm of the ego-based model of living life, which is all mm-hmm. about what do I want? What do I want? This small version, limited yes. concept of I identity. Yeah. Uh, what do I want? And many times, you know, we get what we think we want or what we thought we wanted only to realize that it's not really what we wanted. It's just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were. And so to mm-hmm. surrender is a shift of paradigm. It's a different question we start asking ourselves. Uh, we move into a zone of what is it that life wants to express through me? You know, mm. what is it that the mm. universe wants to manifest through me? What is it that... Mm. What is the deepest impulse of what life wants to 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 create through me, and to open ourselves to that? You know, to me, that is that is surrender. You know, that is mm. that is that is real surrender. It, it's it's surrendering to the deeper flow. It's surrendering mm-hmm. to the deeper impulse. When we really, I think, do that, we align ourselves with the mm-hmm. flow, and mm-hmm. we we nature begins to support us because we mm-hmm. are working in alignment with nature itself. Mm, I love that. The uh, I once learned that the root meaning of the word surrender is fall into grace. And it totally, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, as we allow this greater impulse, this energy to move through us, then we feel more flow, we feel more ease. And I love how you talked about in the book, um, how resistance is kind of, you know, the opposite of surrender and how exactly, like, I think when we have these challenges that come up in our lives, you know, that impulse of resistance is so strong and, uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I'm curious, um, in those moments when we're feeling resistance to what's happening, um, whether, whatever challenge it is, like what's something that you feel like is really powerful to, uh, to allow you to come back into surrender or allow one to come back into surrender? Yeah, I mean, just to, some context, I would say that every human being, whether we are conscious or whether we're not conscious, we are every human being from the saint to the sinner, from Mother Teresa to Pablo Escobar, from the, you know, everyone is in a process of surrender, whether you know it or not. Uh, Life itself as a human being is a process of surrender. In Mm. fact, I would say that surrender is hardwired into our nervous system and physiology. It's hardwired into our physiology. Every Mm. So, so surrender is the nature of existence, it's the nature of life, it's the nature of what we are, because you breathe in, and what do we do? We breathe out. <sighs> this is life reminding us surrender is just the way of things. You, you can't just breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, the surrender has to happen. Mm-hmm. That's surrender being hardwired into our physiology, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so as we get older as human beings from, you know, a teenager to 20, to kids, toddler, teenager, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, the body starts changing, 70s, 80s, 90s, we get white hair, hair falls, just it's life. And so we're being surrendered in a sense. And so it's mm-hmm. really about how we participate in the process. Mm-hmm. We can re- resist or we can participate with the surrender but 
it's only going in one direction. And, and, yeah. and so when we realize that, I think mm. it, it kind of opens a space. And so mm-hmm. I think resistance can be natural. You know, there's a few phases. Actually, the first phase, I would say, is denial. We don't even know there's anything to surrender. We're just living what we're living, being who we're being, doing what we're doing, thinking that mm-hmm. that is the way it is and that's who we are. But it's not. And then we begin questioning. And that's mm-hmm. when, when we start questioning, maybe life isn't the way, maybe my relation, maybe there's more, maybe maybe I'm not who I think I am. So that's mm-hmm. when the mm-hmm. ego, the, 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 the sense of who we perceive ourselves to be based mm-hmm. on past beliefs, memories, et cetera, et cetera, kicks into resistance. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait a second. And that resistance is often a protective self-preservation mechanism to, to, mm-hmm. to preserve our sense of identity. And so I think mm-hmm. it's important that we, we don't have to resist that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to resist that resistance. We don't have to fight that resistance because the more we fight that, the more that sense of ego mechanism, self-preservation identity kicks in and fights back. And so I think it's important when we notice the resistance, we embrace it as a natural part of the human process. We embrace resistance, like, oh, there's resistance. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Beautiful. And so if we can shift our relationship with resistance and even surrender to resistance Mm. as a a part of the inhale and the exhale, like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's just showing us where there's room for more freedom. It's showing us mm-hmm. what we might be holding on to so that I think we can start to breathe through it, have some space to, uh, to, to embrace the resistance as a part of the process. When we, can yeah. embr- when we can embrace the resistance and allow it to be, then mm-hmm. without judging it, without forcing it, without trying to push it or get rid of it, you might find this some spaciousness where it can start to relax and dissolve Mm -hmm. as we can just be with it. There's a part of us many times when we're in resistance, we're afraid. When we're in resistance, there's there's some fear. And so it doesn't Mm -hmm. help to push it. And so when we can just hold ourselves with with the, when we can just be with it and hold ourselves with compassion, I think is a beautiful way to work with the resistance and and just Mm -hmm. allow it to move through knowing that that resistance will not last forever. And also mm. when you can observe the resistance, have a relationship with the resistance, be with the resistance, mm. when you're in relationship with it, then you, you, you start realizing that you are not it. Many times we actually start getting so identified and we think that the resistance is me. But mm-hmm. when you, we can be with it and hold it and, and have that spacious relationship, we start realizing, oh, I'm not the resistance. I'm not this, this thing. And then something starts opening up as we can be with it as well. And so yeah. that, that's the place where we can start. We can breathe, connect to our body and breathe and just be in the present moment and just breathe and allow, mm. allow that, mm-hmm. that, that moment of resistance to move through. And it mm-hmm. will. Yeah. And I love how that just completely, you know, this podcast is about um, relationships and love and attachment styles. And I love how that just completely feeds into when exactly you get triggered in a relationship. Uh-huh. And usually there's that contraction in the system and maybe resistance to feeling the the deep core of that trigger, whatever it is, whether it's anger or frustration or sadness or jealousy or all these different feelings. Right. And so to actually exactly give that instead of that resistance, that 
holding on that contraction to be able to breathe, give spaciousness, mm-hmm. awareness, what am I feeling, you know, but also exactly allow to disidentify, but allow yourself to actually feel it and move through it so that you yeah. can get to the other side and actually um, come back into that self-regulation, come back into that peace and calm and be able sure. to communicate with your partner in a healthy way. But, sure. but yeah, that surrender, you know, just, yeah, it comes up so much in relationships and yeah. Um, yeah. because the triggers, that's, the triggers. yeah, exactly. The triggers, the, trigger, the triggers, you know, I think the triggers, even though they're painful in moments, um, mm-hmm. I, I grew in relationship to see triggers as a huge blessing. Because the fact that I'm getting triggered in a relationship is showing me where I'm not free. It's showing me where there's room for some, where I'm not free, where there's something that's unresolved, some wounding, something, or and or there's, there's a part of me that's needing some attention, some loving, yeah. some compassion. Yeah. And so yeah. the trigger is highlighting uh, where the gold is. It's highlighting yes. where the wound is and as a result of the healing, with the opportunity for healing. And so I think part of working through those triggers is also to mm-hmm. shift our relationship and now reframe the trigger, not as like bad, like, oh my God, why am I getting triggered again? It's like, yeah. wow, there's some gold underneath that, that, that thing over there. There's some gold if I, if, I clear, if I clear that out and deal with it. And I think it's also so important. Um, that's why I love what you're doing in terms of the relationship piece. It's so important because many times when we get triggered, we tend to make the other person responsible for the trigger. Like, well, yeah. I'm upset because you did X, Y, Z or didn't do. And so now we try yeah. to control the other person, which is opposite of surrender. Yes. We try to control the other person. Like, well, mm-hmm. I would feel better if you didn't do X, Y, Z. And so then we try to control them and manipulate them and force them and yeah. it gets toxic and crazy. And, and and then they react back and now we're going back and forth. Doesn't end, doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. And so right. I, think, I think the trigger, we have to, when the trigger arises, we have to be willing to acknowledge it and be with it. We have to also be willing to take full responsibility for the trigger within ourselves yeah. and not yeah. make the other person the source or responsible for the trigger. Yeah. Yes, they may have done something. They may have said something. But the fact that we got triggered is also a sign that there was something inside already yes. to get triggered. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. condone what they're doing, but it shows right. there's something inside because they could have said the same thing to someone else and the other person would be like, oh, okay, no, no big deal. They, would, no they, would, they wouldn't they totally. react, right? And, and so, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make what they did right or wrong or, or condone, but it, it, it shows in the responsibility, we see like, wait a second, they're not the source of my trigger. That trigger, that wound was yeah. inside of me before they even showed up. And so the real uh, responsibility and freedom is to focus on the trigger, the upset, the wound, that pain that is arising Mm -hmm. and look at that, deal with that, heal that, surrender to that, so to speak. Exactly. And and, and surrender doesn't mean in that case, wallowing in it or being a victim to it, but it means Mm -hmm. just surrendering to this is here. This is in me. Let Mm -hmm. me acknowledge it and let me responsibly deal with it and process through this and move through it. You know, in terms of the resistance, one other thing is, Mm -hmm. I think what can be helpful when those feelings come up mm-hmm. is I, I have found is to take the label off of the feeling. 
uh, mm. of mm. the trigger, like anger, fear, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Take the label because many times mm-hmm. the emotion attached to the emotion is so much interpretation and judgment that is uh, preconceived uh-huh. Uh-huh. that if we're able just to say, okay, I'm not going to label this resistance. I'm not going to label this feeling. I'm yeah. just going to experience the sensation mm-hmm. without story or label. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to experience the sensation mm-hmm. of this, let's say, resistance maybe in my body, mm-hmm. right? I'm just mm-hmm. going to be with this sensation in my body mm-hmm. and just fully be with that without yeah. thinking, without story, without processing. Then we're able to purely, innocently, really be and experience the sensation of the energy yes. of the resistance. And yeah. I think when we're really with that energy, a feeling, trigger, resistance, truly with it, experiencing it, Mm-hmm. every sensation has a cycle. Every feeling has a cycle yeah. that, that I found that when we're really with it, 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 it dissolves many times when we're, when we're thinking about it or resisting it, then we're not really with it. It, it tends to not yeah. com- com- complete itself. And so mm-hmm. just really mm-hmm. being with it fully, I have yes. found and experiencing can allow that resistance even to move through mm-hmm. or that emotion to move through and mm-hmm. kind of peel that layer away. I love that. So, so powerful. And, and if you look at children and animals, it's like, they, they do that so much more naturally naturally because their minds are not as engaged in that way. And so it's such a beautiful teaching around that because exactly, it's not easy as adults with all of our stories and our ideas and our thoughts, Um, our minds can really get in the way of that process. So I love the way that you explain that so beautifully. Um, I'm curious, what inspired you to write a book about surrender? Um, yeah, you know, after I wrote my second book, my first book, sorry, I had no mm-hmm. idea what my second book was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was not the book that I thought I was going to write, to be honest. Uh, I yes. had all of these fancy ideas of mm-hmm. the book I thought I was going to write. Um mm-hmm. I had an entire whiteboard the size of a wall full of titles and ideas and books I thought were going to sell, books I thought people would love, books. I mean, the list went on. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was was really, you know, when you're trying to force something to fit into something Mm -hmm. and it's almost could be that. It just great ideas, but they weren't. I didn't feel that flow. I didn't feel that Mm -hmm. alignment. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that sense of yes. The energy, body, yes. the, the, the mm-hmm. energy, this is where the energy is moving. I was trying to yeah. make it like, yeah, it could be. It wasn't. And then I just kind of gave up and I stood there, looked at the wall. And of everything I wrote, the word surrender just popped out. And I felt mm. the soul of the mm. book just, mm. it just landed. And it was mm. so, uh, I was surprised because I was resistant. I'm like, well, surrender. But it was so obvious that somehow mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I missed it. And then, so I surrendered to the book that was seeking to be written yeah. uh, rather than the book I was, I, I thought should, I should be writing. Right. And, and the seed <laughs> of the book, I would say, was planted uh, in 2016. I didn't notice it then, but in 2016, mm-hmm. end, of, end of the year, my mother was diagnosed with stomach cancer and mm-hmm. it was very challenging. And so I was in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. She, was in, she was in LA. I started to fly back and forth. Uh, every, every literally every 
every week, every four weeks to be with her mm-hmm. for, for four yeah. or five days during her chemo, just to sit with her and be with her. Mm-hmm. And I had every intention to heal her. I had every intention to, to mm. alternative therapies, green juice, supplements, get her well. And mm-hmm. a few weeks into the process, I started to realize that nothing I did, no prayers, mm. no meditation, no nothing I did was going to help. She was going to die. I began to see. I could tell mm-hmm. it was it was it was really challenging. So I began to make peace and surrender, and mm-hmm. that really changed my entire way of relating to her. Because rather than resisting, I mean, I was always open to a miracle, but rather than resisting, yeah. the preciousness of every moment I had with her became real. Like every moment could yeah. be the last moment. Every conversation could be the last conversation this could be the last time i see her make a cup of tea and it became so precious and six months into it the the doctors officially said look there's nothing else we can do for you um you know in a nice way they tell you you're going to die and so get your affairs in order and it just Mm -hmm. broke my heart honestly and uh it was another layer of surrender and i looked at my mother and i said are you afraid and she said i'm not afraid because i know i'm not just this body I'm an infinite being and I'm, I'll always be with you. And I said, is there anything that I can do do for you in your final days? Like, what, what, what can I do? What do you need? What do you want to make your life easier? And she looked at me and she said, there's nothing I need or want. All that I want is what God wants for my life. And it was such a simple statement. Right. Um, I realized that she was completely surrendered. I mean, this whole year, she was at peace, didn't cry, didn't feel like a victim, didn't feel just, and she wasn't faking it. I mean, she was totally at peace. I I was with her and I saw that the key was in her surrender. This was the, the, she she wasn't attached to living. She wasn't attached to dying. She was Mm. open to the highest good for her soul's journey and evolution. And that's what she was surrendered to. And, and, and so that planted the seed that I think mm. really inspired mm. me to, to, mm. to write the book, to surrender to the mm-hmm. book as, when it came through. And that, that, that began the journey. And every step of the way was a journey from, from the book title, which I thought should be something else, to the book cover, which I thought should be something else. It just goes to show that sometimes what we think is, isn't. And what we mm-hmm. think isn't might be. And, right. and, and totally. so... We don't know. And, and so I think surrender too yeah. is not, not getting so locked, locked into what we think something is or what we think something means because we're constantly assigning meaning to a relationship, a situation. This is what it is. This is what it is. This is what it is. Maybe we're right sometimes, but in so many ways when we lock down onto what we think or what we're sure something is, we end up limiting life in so many mm. ways. And so I think mm. one of the keys of surrender mm. is to live in this space of not knowing, of, of the unknown and, and the full availability of, it doesn't mean you don't take action, but the full availability right. of like, I don't know, there's something that knows, but I don't know. So, so, so I tell people, don't be so sure to make up a meaning about what something is. I be open, that. be curious, be curious. Yeah. And, and so people might, I just want to be clarified because I don't want people to think, does that mean I just stay at home, right. sit on the couch, don't right. do anything? Because... I don't know. No, it means you feel the deepest truth of your heart. You feel that what is my deepest truth? Not what my mind tells me, what the deepest impulse. Mm. And and then you align your actions 
with that and you go in that direction. And then you take, then you give 100% in that direction. So you go in that direction without attachment to the outcome because sometimes the outcome, sometimes the goal is just the necessary puzzle piece that we need to journey on so that we can grow and evolve, learn the lessons and become who we need to be then yeah. we go in another direction. So I tell people, don't get too attached to what you think the goal is because the goal may not be the goal. It just might be the journey that your soul needs to go on. And hmm. But I believe if we follow our soul, if we truly surrender to that deepest impulse, mm-hmm. we will always end up in the right place. Always end up in the right place. Hmm. We, may, we may not hmm. always take... We may not always take the route that we expected and it may not always right. be on, on our timing. Yeah. yeah, but we'll we always we'll always end up in the right place. And so yeah. I say that there's there's fake surrender and there's raw surrender. Just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> because here's where it could get sneaky. Uh, okay, I'm going to surrender and go in this direction. But fake surrender is you say, you say okay, I'm going to surrender. But so long as like, so long as this. when I surrender this and that, and that can happen. Like yes. I'll, I'll let the relationship go so that they'll come back to me, you know, let it go. So it comes back to you. I'll let it go. But there's still a sneaky attachment of what you want to happen and yeah. a, a, an idea of what you'd like to happen. And so that's not real. It, it's surrender with conditions. Right. And so real authentic surrender, I believe mm-hmm. is when you feel the impulse, that impulse to go in a direction, you know, it's true. You know, it's right. It might be scary. It yes. might be inconvenient. But you know, if you're really honest, this is the direction you need to go. And real surrender is you go in that direction without a projection of what you think will happen on the other side. So many times in real surrender, you will have to say, I know this is where I need to go. I know this is what I need to do. I have no idea what will happen on the other side. That is often how you can tell real, real surrender. Because when you don't project... When we project what we think is going to happen, what we want to happen, we're still mm-hmm. projecting from the past. We're still projecting from our conditioning. We're still projecting our past into the future. And we're, we don't realize we're limiting the, mm-hmm. the outcome with our mm-hmm. projection. But when you truly say, I don't know, but I know this is true and I'm open. Now you are truly in full openness to the infinite possibilities of life, like truly. And so to me, that is, it can be a little scary, but I think that's when, that's when the magic happens. That's when the beauty happens. That's when grace flows in ways we can't even, we can't even plan. No, so beautiful. I just want to thank you for sharing that story around your mother and just so much. Yeah. Just brought tears to my eyes, just like feeling the, 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 her peace and what a beautiful powerful spiritual um energy that she was embodying at that time and it's just huge and so touching to hear that and to me and i think yeah similar to what you said about surrender at the beginning death is something that we don't talk a lot about mortality is something we don't talk a lot about in our culture and don't make space for and um and so I, yeah, just really, really powerful to be with you in that. So thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and 
Yeah, so much. There's so much to say about everything you just said. So, so powerful. Yeah, I wanted to say another piece. I think for me, yeah, when I take those, I can think of moments in my life, and I'm sure the listeners are feeling that too, where you took that leap of faith, you took that surrender, you did that thing that was so scary and so not what you thought was, um, you know, not what you thought you should do like your all the stories all the thoughts all the conditioning all the parent stuff said no don't do that thing but you did it and it was like the best thing ever i know for me that's been like all of my best almost yeah. all my best things have been taking that leap of faith which does feel like that surrender like the the tarot card like jumping off that cliff where you have no idea what's going to happen on the other side but your gut and your soul is like, yes, I need to It's a trust, to right? It's a trust. Yes, you know? right. Exactly. It's a real trust. And if, I think if you look at the best things in life, you mentioned that if we really look at the best things in life that have happened to us, mm-hmm. meet, meet, meeting the love of one's life, connecting mm-hmm. with the best friend, this, that. Yeah. Almost 100% of the time. It's not, I'd say all the time, it was unplanned. It right. was unplanned. You right. didn't say, okay, on, on at 5 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to go to Starbucks and my soulmate's going to be sitting right there in the chair. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it, it happens doesn't in the process of living life. And yes, yes. The, if we really reflect on the things in our lives that didn't work out, that we really wanted to happen, mm. that we really mm. wish for, that, that, that we were so sad and that didn't work out, I think and we're so attached like, to. We were so attached to, mm-hmm. but I think things sometimes not working out is just is really grace of the universe. But right. but from the perspective of the ego, we're not we're often not able to see it in the moment. Uh, no. We're not able to see the the orchestration of how of what is working out in the moment. So from that perspective, we we judge it as bad as a failure. And so I think if we look at the things that didn't work out. And how many of the things that didn't go according to plan or work out turned out amazing, turned out better than we thought, turned out in unexpected ways? Or if you track back in your life right now to something amazing now that wouldn't have happened if things had gone according to plan. Exactly. You wouldn't have met the soulmate. You wouldn't have had the kid. You wouldn't have gone on that amazing trip. Yeah. And so I think we just have to stay I think when things don't work out, here's one of the things I would say. Mm-hmm. Key, key for surrender. Mm-hmm. Be, be curious. Stay in curiosity. Yes. Rather than saying, this is a failure. This is Actually go into a space of curiosity and asking, what more amazing thing could be happening right now? How is the universe working itself out on my behalf in ways that I can't imagine? Exactly. And, 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 and stay open. Stay open. Life, I believe that life, will reveal itself to us. And part of surrender is, is a shift in the willingness to allow ourselves to be guided and led by life, to allow life yes. to lead us. So now we're, we're following life rather than us yeah. pushing life in a direction. I think that's a shift. Exactly. You know, we're, the, the mind has a constant need to know and understand what everything means. What does everything mean? And that's just another form of control rather than right. saying, you know what, I, I don't know, but something knows, and Something's I'm going to let life lead me. You know, I think that's that's the new way to let mm-hmm. life lead us. Yeah. 
Okay. So I know I've struggled with this and I know so many of my clients do as well. Say you're trying to manifest a relationship and really you want to call in your partner. You want to call in your soulmate. You have this deep, like longing. I think for women, I just want to positively, um, positively reinforce that longing. Our deepest longings are so beautiful. There's nothing wrong with longing. There's nothing wrong with desire. I am a very desirous person and I love my desires And exactly, sometimes when you're on that path and it's not here yet, and you might have a lot of attachment. And, you know, if you look at exactly most of the manifestation teaching, surrender is one of the steps. And so when you're saying you really want this thing. In in the manifestation teaching, it's one of the steps. Uh Kind of, kind of, sort of, not really, because it's often pushed aside and missed. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so exactly. And so I know, so, so I'm wondering for this particular goal, desire, exactly outcome that, again, we, we know is so important and so beautiful and so satisfying to have a healthy, loving relationship. And that's, you know, one of my favorite things that I get to do is help people really have that in their lives. Um, For this particular desire, what do you find, what is this, what is a, you know, a practice or a, like, especially something I'm wondering, like, is there anything on the daily that you would tell someone to practice around this because uh, the desire on a daily basis can be so strong. The comparing can be so strong, all that stuff. Um, I'm going to say something that might sound a little, a little counterintuitive for a moment or strange. Right. Um, but I would say if you, if you like, you really want a relationship, right? Yeah. It, it, it's not someone that's like, I'm open. It's like, no, I really want it. And you say you right. want it and you tell your friend, but it's still not here, but you really want it. Yeah. Um, yes. Obviously, number one, you tr- have to trust the divine timing. Everyone has a different, spiritually, everyone has a different soul journey and everyone has, yeah. has a different, uh, evolutionary process. And if life is really about the evolutionary process of our souls, um, we often judge based on goals, like success, failure, achievement. Uh, but if life is really about the evolution of our souls, it's less, mm-hmm. it's not to minimize the desire because I'm going to go back to it, but it's less important yeah. what happens and what doesn't happen, what happens and what doesn't happen. What's more important is the, is the evolutionary process that we are in, in the journey of life, whether we're in a relationship or whether or not you're not in a relationship, because you can be in a relationship, a loving relationship, not growing and evolving at all. I know lots of people that are in loving relationships and they're stagnant and they're stuck and their souls aren't growing and evolving. And to me, you may may be missing the point of the whole purpose of evolution. And so uh, I think if we can cut ourselves some some, some slack and some space and realize Hmm. we're here to evolve. And everyone's soul has a different path and a different journey. And if we really get that, then we can give up comparison. Or why is that person in a relationship? I'm not. Everyone's soul needs something different. Everyone's soul right. is here to learn something different. Everyone's soul needs different a different curriculum. And so part of yeah. that person's curriculum might require 
certain relationships and part of your curriculum might require something else. That doesn't mean you can't have one. And so, but just, just, exactly. just, just recontextualizing it a little bit as well to, a, to, a, to allow for some grace and some spaciousness in, yeah. in like, you're not doing anything wrong. Nothing's wrong. It's just, this is just part of your soul journey. And yeah. so the other thing too, is I would invite people to really do the work to continue doing the work to uh, let me ask the question I was going to ask. If someone says, I really, 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 really want a relationship, but you don't have one, but you swear you want one, I would <laughs> invite people to ask, what is it in me that actually doesn't want a relationship? But I want to, what in me actually, is there any part of me? It, it, yeah. Just play a game with yourself or just being really honest. The question would almost be, why is it that I don't want a relationship? In the sneaky, quiet secret of why do I really not want a relationship? But I want a relationship logically, but is anything deep down that doesn't? And you might yes. find yourself acknowledge having to really acknowledge, I'm afraid of getting into a similar relationship as my parents, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the pain of that. Uh, I'm afraid of living what my mother lived, you know, uh, where she lost herself. I'm afraid of losing myself. I'm afraid of losing my independence. I'm a, you know, the list can go on as yes. to, as I'm afraid of losing my freedom. The list can go on. And so I think it's, it mm-hmm. can be really important to tell yourself the truth about the sort of unspoken, unconscious uh, intentions that might sometimes be running us that we're, we sometimes don't always look at clearly yes. and straight and say, this is why I'm not in a relationship. If I'm going to bust myself, this is why. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of losing control. I'm afraid, if I, I'm afraid of being abandoned. So actually not being in a relationship is kind of a strange protective mechanism because if I don't get into a relationship, no one can abandon me. And so, yeah. and so there can be all these underlying drives that yes. are energetically pushing away mm-hmm. relationship. And if no, everything is energy. It's, a, it's creating an impact. It's creating a, a vibrational amplified effect that is yeah. affecting our reality. So I think that's where I would invite someone to really look at and, and, and see if they can find any deeper truths. Because if mm-hmm. what you say is what you want, but you don't have it, usually there's some... For some reason, there's some subconscious. Now, it could also be just your soul's timing. It's just not your soul's timing yet. And that's a possibility as well. We have to learn to trust the divine timing. It could be you haven't learned the lessons that you need to learn where you're at with yourself yet. so, So that could be a dynamic as well. I love that. So, so huge. And I think also, um, There's something also in terms of surrender that's super powerful around this, um, that which is completely going through an exercise. I recommend for the listeners to go through this exercise around surrendering relationship, which is like, if this never, ever happens, yeah. if I never, ever have this, you know, how will I feel? What will that look like? And just really actually letting it go completely and going through the grief of that and the pain of that. And the other side of that, knowing that you will be okay, that every, that you will be happy, that 
everything is completely fine, I think is also a really powerful exercise. Just compl- and, and with anything, right? That I know there's so many people exactly who want a child or a particular job or whatever, just like really going through the grief of it allows your soul to come to a different place and allows you to really let go of the attachment in a deeper way. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It frees us up. It frees us up. You know, my mother, um, I shared this story in my first book, but Mm -hmm. my mother, she was, she's Japanese and in Asian Mm -hmm. culture, if you're not married by the time you're, 24 at least back then yeah 24 yeah. 25 it's you're getting old you know by the time you hit yeah, 30 it's over, which is crazy you know but but okay. back then so she was 28 hadn't been married mm-hmm. proposals didn't feel the connection and so her prayer mm-hmm. her prayer mm-hmm. this was her prayer maybe this will help someone mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Actually, is it okay if I share the story of how my parents met? Because that might that might yeah. Help. Oh, I love it's that. Perfect. I love so, so, meeting so, stories. So, so, <laughs> so, my father is Ghanaian, as Ghanaian as you can get. Okay, my mother's Japanese, Japanese as you can get. So, when my father was eight years old, he would have these visions of a Japanese guru, kind of like Yogananda, wow. but a, Jap- a Japanese version. At yeah. eight in Africa. Okay? Wow. This is in the forties. This is. Amazing. So there's no way he could have had access to this. But this guy comes to him in his dreams, teaches him about life and the mysteries and Mm. the cosmos. When my dad's 15, he becomes a Christian, like old school, orthodox Christian, converts Mm -hmm. to Jesus and starts healing people, puts his Mm -hmm. hand on people, miracles start happening. Before you know it, at age 18, he starts his first church. Fast forward 20 years later, he has 300 churches, hundreds of thousands of followers. People are wow. picking up the sand that my father walks on, wiping on the face and standing up and getting, getting healed. So that's wow. my father. So when my yeah. father is 37, 38, he goes to a, a, a bookstore in Ghana. A book falls off the shelf. He, see, he picks up the book. He sees the face of this Japanese guru on the back of the book. And he's Whoa. completely surprised. He doesn't even know this guy is real. This is, he says, this is the guy that's been coming to me in my dreams since wow. I was a kid. He's shocked. So he writes, yeah, this is pre-internet, right? So he writes to this yes. guy and he says, you've been coming to me in my dreams. You're like my father, mm. my spiritual father. I didn't even know you were real, but I now see mm. you're a real person. Shares wow. his whole story. The man is so impressed. He sends his son-in-law, basically his son, to, to, to wow. Africa to meet my father. The wow. son-in-law is so impressed with what, what my father's done that he invites my father to go on a lecture tour, to come to Japan, to speak with wow. the guru on oh tour in Japan. Gosh. My mother, now, now to catch up to my mother, she's 28. She grew up in this spiritual organization. So this Japanese guy is her teacher, her parents' teacher, her guru, whatever. Wow. She's 28. She's given up on love. And mm. she has said, universe, this is her prayer. Universe, I will marry anyone. You tell me to marry anyone. Wow. wow. No, no conditions. Wow. No height conditions. Holy. No ethnic. No, no, no. I don't care if he's a street cleaner. Wow. No conditions. Just make it clear that this is my soulmate. Talk about talk, surrender. Talk about Holy. infinite, infinite surrender. Not like it's like complete surrender. Like universe, I trust you totally to choose for me, right? And 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 so. Here she is. I surrender. 
She's in the audience as this Japanese man is telling everyone about this African man who's coming to Japan to give a lecture talk with the guru. She says she feels chills in her body. Now, bear in mind, my mother speaks no English. She's never seen a white person, let alone a black person, okay, let Mm -hmm. alone an African person. So it's completely different. But she says she feels chills. This is my husband. Wow. She, She writes to my father, nothing romantic, just welcome to Japan, look forward to your lecture. My father is in London in transit for a few months to Japan. He was there like a month or two. He's meditating. He gets an inspiration. Your wife's going to come to you. He goes to the mailbox the next day. There's a letter from my mother from Japan. Nothing romantic, no clues. Just he said, this is my wife. He hasn't seen a picture of me. He writes to her and he says, would you be open? So, this, so hopefully this will give hope to anyone listening. He writes to her and he says, would you be open to moving to Ghana? She writes back through a translator, her sister, speaks no English, if it's God's will. He writes back and says, it's God's will, marry me. She writes back and says, yes. They agreed to get married before they even met, before they had a conversation. He goes to Japan. They meet for the first time. This is old school in the 70s, so they don't have... They're not, they're not allowed to go for a weekend or on dates. It's just they meet in the park with a chaperone, 45 minutes. They agree, to, they agree to get married. The marriage date is set for uh, when his lecture tour is done a couple of months later. He goes on this crazy lecture oh tour. My, gosh. my father has no money for a Japanese wedding because you can't, as a foreigner in that time, come to Japan and not yeah. respectfully put a wedding together, you know? Okay. And, and so. <laughs> He has no money for Jap- by Japanese standards for standards. like a, a Japanese wedding. Yeah. And so talk about surrender, universes, just trust. Six to eight weeks later, he goes to his mailbox after his lecture tour. He hasn't told anyone. The wedding is happening. He hasn't told anyone. There's an envelope in his uh, mailbox. Mm-hmm. All it says in this envelope is this is for your wedding, $7,000 in the 70s in U.S. cash. That's it. No name, anonymous. That's it. And they get married. And I was born a year later. And the the story continued. So that's surrendering. That is amazing. For anyone who's like, feels like giving up, I invite you to take a leaf out of my mother's book and (laughs) surrender completely to the universe. Because I really believe that in many ways, here we are praying, meditating, doing mantras, doing manifestation techniques, visualizations. Well, in, even in our prayers, here we are as human beings, I kind of joke about it. Like here we are telling God what to do when God is the one, it, whatever you believe, <laughs> is the one that created all of existence. But we're like, no, my life's got to look this way. I imagine metaphorically God's looking at, looking at us like, <laughs> you guys are crazy telling me what to do what when to I do. create it, when I'm functioning all of existence. And so I think what happens... It, yes. for, for me, my prayer <clears throat> more and more has mm. been less about this or that. It's been more about, okay, universe, I ask for the highest good. I think this is a key manifestation. I mm. ask for the highest mm. good to be made mm. manifest in this situation. I mm. ask for the highest good to be made manifest in this relationship. Because when yeah. you are in alignment with the highest good, you open yourself to an infinite dimension of possibilities. possibilities. Like, it's yeah. got to be universe. Give me this or that. You're like I would like this, but I open to the highest good. Mm-hmm. Then you're truly open to 
grace unfolding. Mm, I love that. I love that. I asked for the highest good to be manifest. Exactly. It just feels so open and spacious and powerful. Expansive. And I just, yeah, again, that story. Wow. I just want to say, like, I just feel that story in my heart. And um, there's so many stories of people meeting their partner before they've actually met in person in their dreams in their yeah visions, prayers. And again, another story where it's like, yep, in meditation. Amazing. And so it's just, yeah, like tapping in when we really listen, when we really get quiet, when we really tap in, we, we can know so much as well. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And exactly, hopefully it'll bring some hope and some, uh, some opening for people who are listening. Um, I'm wondering, um, there's so many fun questions. I love this topic so much. Um, I'm wondering for you, if you can share a personal story for you, that was a big moment of surrender that was really uh, life-changing for you. Um, wow, I've had so many. I mean, even in the last year, year and a half, I've left Los Angeles where I was for 20 years. That was pretty, oh, wow. pretty heart-wrenching. Uh, yeah. Let go of my house, let go of my apartment, let go of a relationship. Let go, I mean, just like... Wow. Sold, my, sold my house in Phoenix, moved to Miami. I mean, just so many yeah. so, surrenders that were huge. Um, but I think as a part of my story, uh, one of the first real huge surrenders, you know, my father has 300 churches and I was ordained as a, as a minister when I was 14 years old. I was the designated successor for my father's spiritual wow. organization. And so yeah. there was a lot of at a young age, expectations and pressure to take over and be the one. And hundreds of thousands of people looking wow. up to me as a kid, wow. basically, you know. Wow. And so I knew when my father announced at 14, my son's taking over, that that was not my path. Not I your knew truth. That was not my, that was not my dharma destiny in this lifetime. But I was too afraid to tell my father because my fear was if I speak my truth then I'm going to be I'll lose my his relationship the relationship with him I'll be a lose love I'll be be alone if I'll lose love and so I didn't say anything for four years and Mm. a lot lot of inner turmoil and questioning and soul searching and ups Mm. and downs and when I turned 18 I knew I had to make a decision Uh, I chose not to go to university and so I felt called Mm. to come to the U.S. come to America Mm -hmm. And so I had two paths, the path that was calling me and the expected path. And my life was set out for me. And I looked into my future, age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50. It just went on. And I just, I felt like my soul would just be committing slow suicide. And so I knew what I had to do, but wow. I, was ter- I was terrified. And so for me, the surrender was making peace with, I may lose my father forever, making peace with being outcast, making peace with being alone, making peace with all of that. And wow. saying nothing is worth, no amount of success and nothing is worth my inner freedom. And nothing, it, it means nothing if I don't have who I am, you know, my, mm-hmm. my true essence. And so mm-hmm. I had the conversation with my father. Wow. That was a huge surrender of just, I have no idea. And I'm letting go of everything and life as I know it at 18, 17, mm. 18, mm. I, had the, I had the conversation. Mm. He told him I wasn't taking over. Mm. And that really 
cracked my heart open and began my path. And I was forced to trust life. And yeah. long story short, my father and I, we didn't speak for about two years. We're, we're, we're mm-hmm. great now, but it was mm-hmm. very challenging. Um, yeah. But I ended up winning a green card in the lottery. Uh, mm. in the, in the wow. green card lottery. And I know it sounds wow. crazy, but, but I was in this place of like <laughs> universe, big, yeah. you've given me this vision and yeah. I feel so abandoned by life. How the hell am I going to fulfill this vision? Now I have no support from anyone except my mother. And what do I do? And mm-hmm. a few days, a few days later, gift. someone, yeah, someone gives me a magazine. I look in the back of the magazine American government's giving away 55,000 green cards in the green card lottery. Wow. I, I felt that those chills and I applied yeah. and three months later, won a green card, which was crazy. Wow. So, I think and you were goes, how old at the time? I was 18, 18, 18. years old. Wow. I think it, for me, it just affirmed that I was on the right track and it affirmed the belief that I really believe that when we truly follow our soul's impulse and intention, life supports us because when we're following the flow of life, Life supports itself in the process of us following life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. So powerful. So beautiful. Okay. And so for all the people who want to write books out there, including me, I have a book in process and it's definitely, I love how you talk about in the book, how in your, the magic of surrender, how we have these dreams inside of us, right. That we might resist, that we might not surrender to. And um, for me, I've definitely, this is, is a huge soul calling and I have a lot of resistance. And so I'm wondering for anyone, because you are obviously uh, skilled at book writing and you have succeeded in producing two books and creating, putting out into the world two or three. I don't know how many. Two books. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I'm wondering if you have anything to share about book writing and, and like anything for people uh, who have that dream and that that exactly yeah. what you said, that idea inside of them landing and knowing think, that it's theirs to, to move forward in that purpose. Yeah, I would say there's a book inside of everyone. If you choose to write it or not, that's different. Um, yes, I would just say, and there's a lot I could say, but I would say the book doesn't belong to you. It belongs to life. And mm. realize that mm. it's, not, it's, not, it's not your book. It's life's mm-hmm. book. And, and mm. the key is to get yourself out of the way and allow yourself to be a channel and a vessel for the book, the soul and the essence of the book that is seeking to be written. When you do that, I think I see so many people just writing books to write books uh, and just writing books that they think they should write. But there's no energy in the book. There's no because it's not something's not aligned. They're just writing something to write something. And so yeah. let go of the idea and, and be a servant to the to the book. You are a servant to the book. And so open yourself to that, yeah. to receiving the vision of the mm-hmm. book. That's mm-hmm. one. And once that's the case, uh, commit yourself with daily discipline to write the book, to bring it forth into physicalized manifestation. Don't just go with the flow. Don't just write when you feel like it. Don't just right. write when you're in the mood. Commit to a, a daily or whatever a structure that you have is with a timeline so that you can channel that creative energy into that structure. Because I think the more you have structure, the more there's freedom and energy moves into energy moves into structure and form. Structure. And so yeah. I hate writing. Yeah. Honestly, I hate writing. 
Oh, wow. Um, I was, I, I'm so surprised because you're such an amazing speaker yeah. and you're so articulate that I would think that the, it would just the, be. The, yeah. the, the process of writing for me is, is, is much slower than speaking. Like I'm not yeah. thinking, I'm just, you know, right. and so, and so for yeah. me, writing is a very hard process. Yeah. Uh, I can yeah. do it and I can do it well, exactly. but it, it, I don't yeah. enjoy it, you know, so yes. it's like giving birth, it seems painful. It's, I don't know if that's like enjoyable or not, but, yes. but, but yeah. it's, it's fulfilling. Right. And, and so, uh, but mm-hmm. I make my, I make mm-hmm. myself write and sit I make down. myself sit yeah. down and write whether I feel like it or not. And yeah. I've also learned to find a way of writing that works for me and my style where as much as possible, I first dictate and then, yep. then transcribe and then go back in and, and add it. it. And so okay. and the, la- the, the last thing I'll say for now is yeah. give yourself permission to suck, give yourself permission to write crap terribly okay. horribly otherwise you'll sit at the, the screen and nothing will come out because you're trying to write right. the perfect sentence totally just give totally. yourself permission to just dump all of your thoughts ideas out onto the page and then yeah. you can always go and edit later that's the key mm, i love that so much okay one last question and then okay. i know i'm taking so much of your time and this is just so fun i'm so enjoying this um I love that you talk about the uh, power of the truth and yeah, the power of, yeah, the lies that we may be telling ourselves or the lies that we may be in or yeah, the relationship lies that we may be a part of and not listening to our deep truth and that small, quiet voice, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, I think truth is one of the most powerful, you know, things on the planet. And so I'm wondering, um, how do you begin to tap into that truth? How do we know if we're lying to ourselves about something? Um, how do we really wake up to our truth as well as really express our truth? Okay. Because so, I think so, expressing so there's, there's, there's... and sharing truth is so key. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot there, but just to condense, um, yeah. I, th- I think that uh, it's important. The only way to really transform is to acknowledge the lies we're telling ourselves. And in terms of acknowledging the lies we're telling ourselves, I'd invite, and, and in so many ways, we're telling ourselves lies. We've been conditioned to lie from childhood to fit in, to get love, validation, and approval, to mm. avoid pain, mm. to not feel certain things. And so I would invite right. everyone to to yeah. really acknowledge what lies, what question number one, what lies am I telling myself? And really mm. be honest about that. We stay in relationships mm. that aren't aligned. We work jobs that we hate. We do, you know, we, we, we do things to, to betray ourselves. And so what lies am I telling myself? Number two, what am I pretending to not know? And really sit with like, what mm, am I pretending to not know? Because in many question. ways we, we play a game of confusion of pretending, but deep down we know. And so that's important to really sit with. Mm. The third thing is- I'm just going to pause you for one second. I'm just going to pause you for that one. What am I pretending to not know? Because I work with so many women, I think women in particular have been conditioned around that to not know, to doubt, to question, to be confused, et cetera. No, no, but but, but I have to say this. Women, you know. Right. You know. Every woman has a psychic sense of knowing that she doesn't even know how she knows, but she just knows. That relationship that you and I'm not sure, the moment it ended, I knew. When did you know? Before we even met, before we even started, <laughs> before we went on the first date, the moment we sat down on the first date, I knew. Yes. We, but women, 
question themselves and doubt themselves for so many yes. different reasons, which we won't go yes. into. Yes. But I think it's time that as women, I would invite women to really own that yes. knowing because yes. that's, that, that invisible yes. sense of psychic knowing is part of your gift as women yes. and part of your power. How yes. you know uh, is that multidimensional magic you just feel, you just know, you tap in. And so yeah. what am I pretending yeah. to not know? The third thing yeah. is, what is the pain and what is it costing me? How we know we're lying to mm. ourselves is we feel pain in our life. Yeah. The pain is a sign and a signal that would line. Pain yes. is feedback. Pain is your friend. Pain mm. is a blessing. Yet what we mm. tend to do is we suppress it, we deny it, we sex it away, drink it away, work it away, shop it away, you know, social media it away, when rather than actually just being with the pain and, and using the pain as feedback to show us where am I not in alignment? You know, the pain is simply mm-hmm. trying to get our attention and it shows when we're lying to ourselves or we're not telling ourselves the truth, it's painful. It's meant to be painful. It's not meant to be like, well, I'm lying to myself. I'm betraying myself. I'm denying my truth. And I feel amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's meant to hurt. And so yeah. that pain is a signal. We just have to pay attention. The other thing I would say just yeah. finally is mm-hmm. if you're not sure that you're lying to yourself, mm-hmm. here's how you know. Mm. Number one, you will feel pain. I just said pain. You'll feel some pain, emotional pain, depression, sadness, mm-hmm. anger, resist, re- resentment, frustration. You'll feel some pain. Number two, you will feel some level of, you might experience some level of physical pain in terms of a physical ailment, back ache, shoulder ache, neck ache. It will manifest that way. Because I'm not lying to myself, but I always have back ache. I always got some eye ache, something this could be the deeper wisdom of your intelligence speaking exactly. to you. It could be manifesting some form of physical disease in some way mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that, that the suppressed feelings, emotions that we're not mm-hmm. telling ourselves the truth about end up manifesting physically. Or yeah. you might start attracting people into your life uh, that, that act out, play out your suppressed emotion, your depression. Mm-hmm. Could I keep attracting people in my life that are depressed? Why do I check to all these mm. depressed people? Why do I check to all these mm. angry, a- angry people? And, and we're not mm. really, we're fine, but everyone else is angry. And so that might be another sign of something you're suppressing. And so that's what I would say in terms of the truth. The truth yeah. will set you free. The truth is powerful. The truth to me is real spirituality. And mm. speaking the mm-hmm. truth, to, acknowledging the truth to ourselves but I believe that when we speak the truth, we serve everybody. We serve everyone ultimately, even if it doesn't seem that way at first. And so I, I would just invite pe- people to speak the truth with compassion and mm. with love and with mm. kindness. Speaking the truth doesn't have to be mean. Speaking the truth doesn't have to be harsh, even though people might experience it harshly because sometimes the truth has a, it gives people a reality check. But I think when, when we can really connect to our hearts and feel our hearts and our intention, many times we have to speak the truth to someone that we love that can be hard, but we speak the truth because we love them. And so when we can communicate with our hearts and the intention of why we're speaking, mm-hmm. and hey, I need to express this truth to you because I really value our relationship. And I really want, I really want our relationship to go deeper and, and, and get better, but I feel this thing. Then I think people are also more able to hear the truth we're speaking and so i think the truth Mm -hmm. is everything it's the foundation for life and so that's what i would say Mm -hmm. beautiful thank you so so powerful and so so grateful for being able to share this time with you it's been so so rich 
And um, I, I know I got so much value and I know everyone who's listening is going to be really excited to deepen with you and with these truths and uh, definitely recommend reading this book, The Magic of Surrender. And yeah, just wondering if there's any, how people can connect with you, how, how you'd like to um, invite people to connect with you. Sure. Uh, my website, coopblackson.com, if you found nice. uh, inspiration, uh, that's where all my content is. The book is available on Amazon. Look forward awesome. to connecting everyone. Wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.